0: Jonathan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Good to good to be here. Thanks for having me on. No, thank
1: you for thank you for coming, mate. It still still blows my mind that people agree to come on and, and talk about their career paths. <laughs> and because I'd imagine you're a busy man, so no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um many questions I've got about obviously your, your career and, and things that you've done, but I'm always curious with people in the acting industry, was it what you always wanted to do? When you were at school, was it the career path that that you always seen yourself in?
0: No, no, no it wasn't. No, it uh, uh, the the decision to to go for it uh, came when I was about about nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should explain it. The the, the the reason I get interested in drama involved in it was <clears throat> my dad came home one night and he said, uh, "Look, there's a junior course at the Royal Scottish Academy mm-hmm. of Music and Drama. Do you want to give it a go?" Right. And uh, I went along. It was a Saturday morning thing. It was two hours on a Saturday morning and an hour on Wednesday after school. Right. I went along the Saturday and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, and I went. I was there from about I was ten to I was about seventeen. Right. Well. Wow. But uh, in the earliest stages of that, when I was about 11, 12, what used to happen was if, if the BBC or anybody w- were casting anything that required kids, they would come along the Saturday, and sit up the back. And if they thought you might be right for the part, you would read for them. Mm-hmm. And I was I was lucky enough to get quite a bit of work out of that. Right. I did, when I was about from about 12 to 14, I did quite a, a lot of uh, TV work, mm-hmm. mainly for BBC uh, up here and also down in London. So I'd uh I, I knew that side of things. Yep. Uh, but I had no intention of following it through as a career. And I was actually I, I was set to go into the world of advertising. Right. Believe it or not. My, my dad, that's what my dad was involved in. Right. And uh, I'd completed a summer's job a summer job mm-hmm. up in uh, not far from here, actually up in Park Circus. And at the end of it, they gave they offered me a full-time position right and i, I knocked it back because all my, all my mates were going back to do a six year so i did a six year which was a waste of time <laughs> and uh but the, at the end of it uh i i thought no i'm i quite fancy this and i went to do a, a course mm-hmm. uh it was focusing mainly in copywriting right in advertising. so i was set to do that and halfway through the course i got a call from the bbc right. saying would you would you be keen to do this play that we're doing and it re, it needed three weeks off the course mm-hmm. and asked for the time off and he wouldn't give me it and uh, I, I spoke to my dad about it and he said well what do you, what do you want to do I said really like no, mm-hmm. like, he said I could just do it then. <laughs> <laughs> so I dogged it for three weeks <laughs> with his approval <laughs> and at the end of it uh, when i when I remember coming out and getting a Botanic Gardens down at St George's Cross where it was brought up there. Uh, I remember passing Queen Margaret Drive and seeing the, the ball and I thought, no, nah, that's that's what I want to do. Right. And I went into the to the drama college, which was in the old St George's Place, Nelson mm-hmm. Mandela Place. And I went in the next day and I got an addition for one of the last editions actually for that next year's intake. Right. And I got in and uh was there for three years so that's that's how it started that's a stroke of fate there stroke of fate yeah yeah so uh that's how i got
1: involved any point do you think i could have been doing advertising i could have been i could have done a totally different path
0: well yeah but i don't i don't (laughs) give a lot of thought but (laughs) no that that was that was the that's the way it was gonna it was gonna go and uh i'd have been Mm -hmm. more than happy to do it yeah Uh, and uh, i still in fact you know that the the, the chap that offered me the job was a, it was a pal of my dad's and he passed away in the summer there, John right. Cherry. So uh, I still kept in touch with him. Right. no not yeah. So there you
1: go. That's amazing. And obviously when you then, when you're at college and I've had a few different people from the industry and they've spoken kind of, very different experiences are going through that college environment and and how they found it. Did you enjoy it? What did you get out of it yeah. when you went and studied? I loved
0: it. I loved right. every single minute of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard all okay, kinds. and yeah. a lot of folk didn't enjoy it. A mm-hmm. lot of folk, but uh, I I've viewed it in a way. You, you, you got out of it what you put into. It. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't going to be thrown by MD, you know, throwing a wobbler or anything like yeah. that. I I and in fact, you know, I only missed one day in the three years a dodgy curry <laughs> for the <laughs> going over. put me to bed uh, but I absolutely loved it and, right. uh, and the, the three years just towards the end of, when you were about elite, it just, you knew then it was right time to, to yeah. leave and, and get out and uh, and start doing it for real
1: and do you feel it gave you that kind of good grounding for stepping out into the world of auditions and yeah. then different things different
0: challenges v- very much so uh, I mean I I uh, when I left college, you, you, it was it was slightly di- well, it was very different actually because you had to have an equity card right to get a job. Ah, right, okay. Can you, can you get a job with an equity card? Right. So, uh, I got my equity card from the Citizens Theatre. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a, a theatre and education division called Tag a right. Theatre about Glasgow, which I think is still yeah. still going strong. Uh, but when I left in seventy nine, that was a really uh, it was a really good company to work with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Ian Waldridge actually, who was the artistic director, he came and uh, and spoke to the whole of the final year uh, just before we, we graduated. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, being really inspired by him. He was he was a fantastic. Well, he's, still, he's still alive. He's a yeah. fantastic guy. And I thought, God, I'd love to work with him. Mm-hmm. And and I ended up, I got a call from him and he said, I want you to come in and read for a part. Read for the part. I said, but I don't have an equity card. He said, We've got a spare one. I'll give it to you that. that's so I get started so yeah yeah but uh no i i I love my time at college mm-hmm. I really did made a a lot of good friends and uh, i i learned I, I learned a lot It yeah. was a really good good grounding mm-hmm. i mean good when I, when I went I'd never been see a play I'd never seen a play in the theater before well, that's
1: what I was going to ask did you have an interest in the theater at that point or no i I'd,
0: I'd been in two productions when I was at junior course i had been in two productions mm-hmm. uh they they needed a kid for, but I'd never seen a play before. Right, okay. Uh judges' <laughs> <Joddy's> cross. <laughs> but I've Metropole in the corner, but I never, uh, I'd been there. But uh, so I, I learned, I learned a lot from yeah. being there, and I, 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 uh, I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And when you left, then was at that point were you thinking it was going to be theatre for you, or were you thinking about TV, or what? What was your plans at that? You just point?
0: think. I think you just think about work yeah you know you want to yeah. just uh, work as much as you can mm-hmm. the, the kind of cycle at that point was uh you would do theater uh in the autumn uh panto in the mm-hmm. in the christmas day yeah. and then theater again and in the summer there you you'd try and get a drama right you know because that's when the the that's when they would make the up in bbc Scotland, that's mm-hmm. when they would make the dramas like play for today mm-hmm. or i did when i came out i uh i did cloud how which is the same part of since uh lewis grass gibbons scott square i right. did that uh and then it was about let me see early early 80s i did a play uh for the scottish theater company mm-hmm. Uh well, i did a few of them actually but i did this particular one and uh, in the cast was a guy called ron bain right and at that point he was working with colin gilbert mm-hmm. who had set up the comedy unit in bbc scotland right and ron was in kick up the 80s laughing nearly paid my license fee mm-hmm. and the the sort of early beginnings of naked radio right and he recommended me to colin right and that's how i went in just to, to see them mm-hmm. to to read for something and uh, that was that's how I got involved with them. And that was, and up until fairly recently, I've still been involved with The comedy. I mean, Colin's retired now, but yeah, uh, that's how I met Philip different And mm-hmm. uh, I knew Elaine from drama college yeah. and Elaine and I had, we'd worked with 784 mm-hmm. together prior to joining the comedy unit. Yeah. Um, and I would worked with Andy Gray. So, it uh, it was, it was, you know, a good time to, you know, to work in tv and yeah. particularly in the comedy know. yeah but i didn't i didn't set out with that's my goal or anything like yeah. that yeah it just that's how it all fell yeah, into that place was a path. that was the way it all harmed you know
1: how did you find the the audition process because there's i suppose from your point of view it'd be hard to describe to someone that kind of going for jobs and going for parts and you might hear back you might know hear back you might yeah. get it and it's a constant cycle but it must be hard to keep yourself motivated in that space all the time
0: well that's that's certainly that's true and it's the one it's one thing that they don't warn you about at drama college they Mm -hmm. don't that you you know you had to i learned that myself right but you know what you've got to deal with uh and it doesn't matter what level you're at Mm -hmm. you you've got to be able to deal with rejection yeah that's you've got to be able to be thick skinned enough to Mm -hmm. to deal with that uh the addition process when i when i it's that is the one area that has changed so much mm-hmm. uh, since I left college because, you know, you get a call, you know, go along at Queen Margaret Drive. There's a drama, uh, the parts such and such. Yeah. Uh, and that's all you knew. So you, you'd arrive, you'd be given about two or three pages of script. Right. You went in and you read it and that was it. Sometimes, cool. you, sometimes you got it, sometimes you didn't. Now, the process, because, uh, and this this has been... Um it's more now because of COVID and, yeah. and lockdown, but you you tape now. You don't mm-hmm. you, you very seldom see people face to face like we are. Uh you, you tape, there's all kinds of self tape apps mm-hmm. that can make it look like quite a polished presentation. Yeah. But um and you've gotta learn it. You know, yeah. you, you've gotta learn it. And yeah. that, you know, the thing the difference now is, you know, when when anybody self tapes, whether they be just out of college or mm-hmm. my age, yeah, you you've pretty much got to hit performance level, yeah, to put yourself in my shoes get getting the part, mm-hmm. and that's the big difference because back in late seventies, early eighties, you know, you just you're probably reading it for the second time off a bit of paper. Yeah, you just rocked up and just rocked up, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that is the that is the out of all the sort of changes, I think that is the one that's it's uh mm-hmm. it's high up there is the addition process
1: do you prefer the the way it is now or do you prefer the way it was
0: prefer the way it is now yeah it's much yeah. better mm-hmm. and uh you know you get more information you get a clearer idea mm-hmm. of what they're looking for and uh and by self-taping as well you know if you're not happy with the first take the second take you keep going until yeah. you get it right mm-hmm. whereas if you're doing you know going back to what it was like yeah uh you you have to nail it there I suppose you've only got one shot, haven't you? You went short, no. And, you know, that's the tricky thing because it's all about choices. Mm-hmm. You made a choice about how to play it. Yeah. It may not be what they're looking for. I suppose that's still true with the self-taping process, but that, it was, I think it was much more difficult mm-hmm. to, to get it right the way it was.
1: Do you remember the kind of first rejection that you got or the first time it kind of affected
0: yeah, you? I do. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, well, I, I, my first few years, uh, even when I was doing naked video, which mm-hmm. was you know, it's on the network, I mean, it's a really good Huge. gig to get. Uh, I would fire away letters all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, anything you could see, you got a sniff of Aye. I'm writing a letter. And I had a process. <laughs> I would uh I would have a C V typed out C V. Right. I like somebody in my dad's office to type it out for me. So type i V, I'd have a postcard size photograph right. of me. And then I stamped address, the envelope. Right. Right. And I always made the stamp address, the envelope, quite small, so they couldn't return the photo. <laughs> so they would keep it on file. That was the thing behind it. Until one day, I get one back from... Uh, there used to be a rep company down in Air, Air Gaiety. Right. I think they are called the Victor Graham Players. Victor Summon players. Maybe Victor Graham sounds as if he was sold secondhand cars, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he, the the this theatre company they did a summer season right? and I thought I quite fancy that down in there for the summer right. and a few mates have lived down there so I sent off all my stuff just as I described <laughs> it and I got a letter of re- rejection plus he'd taken the photograph which was postcard size and he cut about half an inch <laughs> off either side so he could fit it back into the envelope <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I remember that That's the that was the first sort of big rejection
1: do, do they get easier obviously that as you say like the higher you go the, there will still be points where you don't get a job but do you ever get used to it or is it always kind of stab at you a wee bit when you don't get something you really wanted
0: i don't let it bother me at all yeah uh, the way i look at it is you don't want me you're lost yeah now that's yeah. maybe people listen to think that sounds arrogant. Mm-hmm. i'm not an arrogant person yeah but you've got to think that yeah because if you, you don't want me i don't want you yeah you know mm-hmm and uh yeah so sort of, you know it's just a mental thing mm-hmm. and you know it's like you know if if i do go in for a, a sit down uh with somebody i i i i've got a, a way of working it in my head so mm-hmm. that i don't feel as if this is the bill on an all. but yeah. you, so uh you've just got to brush it off mm-hmm. and uh I, I don't let it bother me at all yeah I really, I just, you know, drop it. Best way to be. Best way to be. Hundred percent. You know. So,
1: was there a, was there a, a part or a kind of show or a moment for you where you kind of felt justified in choosing that career path? Was there a kind of point where you're like, this is, this is going to work for me. This is where I want to be. I
0: did a, I did a job, and uh, I was about a couple of years at drama college. I'd been doing tag. Mm-hmm. I've been working at the Traverse doing at Borderline. Yep. And um, the I mentioned earlier the Scottish Theatre Company. Well, when it, it was initially set up, it was quite a big, mm-hmm. big deal. It's the equivalent of the National Theatre of Scotland yeah. just now. Although they didn't enjoy the same goodwill <laughs> in press <laughs> reviews that, that they do. But um, they, they they were set up. And I remember I actually I got an interview with a guy... It was an English actor called Ewan Hooper. Right. He was the artistic director initially. Then Tom Fleming took it over. Mm-hmm. But Ewan Hooper was, was there, and he was good enough to see me. I mean, didn't know me for for Adam, but I had me up. The offices were up off Park Circus, and I went in to see him. He said, look, he said, I've got nothing just now. He said, but we'll keep you in mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. And a few weeks later, I get I get this call. Can mm-hmm. I get down to Washington Street Arts Centre. Right. And... The there was a play in rehearsal written and directed by Bill Bryden mm-hmm. and starring Fulton Mackay. Right. Uh, and a host of other fantastic Scottish actors. A young Phyllis Logan was in it. Right. Uh, but it was just, it was it was a fantastic cast, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And what had happened was there was a young actor in it playing... Uh, Broken's apprentice. Right. It was about the Clydebank Blitz. Right, okay. And uh there was a, a a young guy in it who, for whatever reason, walked right. after the first week. Mm-hmm. Walked on the Thursday. And I went down to see them on the Friday, just right. before they broke for the weekend. And uh it's one of the few occasions that this has happened, but I went went in. Of course you're kind of phased. That's you know, um <laughs> uh, out of porridge, aye, you know, and a whole lot of others. And Bill Bryan, obviously I knew who he was mm-hmm. and what a fantastic Aye. talented writer and director he was and, uh, sat down at the table, read before Mackay a uh, couple of scenes and Bill goes, Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, you want to do it? And, and I said, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, well, okay, Come, we'll go and get a bit of lunch. And so we went for a, a bit of lunch. I think just had a pint of lager. You must have been Uh, in Dreamland at this point. Yeah, I was like, you know, I was a (laughs) kid, you know, and uh, it was, I was just knocked out. And I remember (laughs) being so excited to tell my mum and dad. And that was a real learning process, Mm -hmm. working with people like Thornton, I mentioned, and Phyllis, but Johnny Grieve, Jan Wilson, uh, John Young and Paul Young, um, and a guy called Roy Hanlon, Mm -hmm. who was... uh, A fantastic Scots actor, maybe not a household name, but highly regarded Uh up here. And uh, I learned so much from working Mm -hmm. with all these guys. And uh, I mean, I was I was rotten when I started out. I wasn't (laughs) even very good because I I always remember the. It was really. It was pretty nerve wracking, and and, um, because these guys were real heavyweights, you know. uh,
1: how do you go over that though if you're if you're well, in you there just, performing
0: with them you just do it you've got to do it this is the this is the this is what you want to do and i always remember one of the girls doing props uh coming around to when we finished in the theater world finished the tour and she said um she's been lovely working with you she says you're you're really good in this you're really good she said because in the beginning you weren't <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but that was that was a huge job for me because um, uh, Roy Hanlon recommended me to his London agent.
1: Right. Based on your performance. And, yeah. Right. And,
0: okay. Uh, so I went down and, and met them mm-hmm. and that, you know, that was a big, yeah, big step in the right direction. And I'm still believe it or not, I'm still with the agency today. Uh, but he recommended me to them and, uh, it was, you know, that's when things also kind of clicked and changed yeah.
1: as well. Which is amazing though, because that all stems for that guy walking off. Yeah. And then you coming in and I know. But that's unbelievable. It sure is. See when you were working with and obviously you've 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 spoken about some of them there when you were younger, of like some real heavyweights. Did you did you spend time watching these guys? Did you ask them for advice or anything? Did you just watch how they done things and I
0: uh yeah, well I suppose so. I I um I learned a lot working with, with Fulton, a bit, mm-hmm. you know, about. I mean, I had a pretty good idea about stage awareness, and I knew my way around the, a the stage, Aye. but watching him and the way he stood and, and sort of commanded the stage, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he used to say, used, I mean, I forgive the language, but he used to say, I say, he said, just stand there like that, like your boss hanging out. <laughs> and it was. Uh, he made, <laughs> I said it because it was a sort of he put it down as sort of, a Greek theatre thing. They had to stand and, right and and uh, and really show themselves. <laughs> so that was the uh, not I'm not saying I'd do that every day on stage, <laughs> but that was uh, that was one of the things. But no, I I learned so much from these guys, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I you know, but the t- that girl was right. But the end of it, I was so comfortable yeah. in the part, you know.
1: And suppose it's good. With the way she'd give you that feedback as well. It is just a kind of honest, you were bad at the start, but you've turned yeah. it around. And I suppose that's the things that will mean the most to you as a young, yeah. up and coming kind of person in that industry. You're like, oh, I've actually turned that around there yeah. from, from when I came in the door. And then joining that agency on the back of someone recommending you from that as well, your confidence must go through the roof. Yeah, it's, at that it, point,
0: it was, uh, yeah, but you still, you, know, you still get to keep your feet in the ground Yeah, or that. But it was, it was a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> was there any aside the Greek comparison, <laughs> any bits of advice that kind of stood out for you over the years that you got from people that you you still can kind of use or you still keep in your mind today?
0: Yeah, actually stems from that job. It was. Uh, um, I hope the language is okay. No, you're fine. You're uh, fine. But I I remember when I when I was uh, when I when we started rehearsals for that, um, Roy Hanlon. Took me aside one afternoon, uh, with the premise of going over my lines right. and 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 his as well as he <laughs> right. said, but he knew his, but it was really it was nothing to do with lines because I knew my lines, but mm-hmm. it, it was obviously just to sort of give me some advice because Bill used to speak in sort of football terms all the time. Right. He would say, right, you you get you. you He's he's gonna pass the ball to you. You've got to run with that line, you know, and then you got to whip that across and bang back in the pokey. All that all this kind of stuff. And I got big Ray said. He said, and you know, Bill's absolutely right. You know, it's teamwork and all that, and you know, passing the ball and 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 heading it in the back of the net. But uh, never forget when the curtain goes up in that first night, every man for his fucking self. (laughs) And I tell you, never a truer word spoke. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. You really had to be able to look after yourself. And I suppose
1: that's so. tippo, that like an a, that's something that you probably wouldn't learn at college either. No, that's like an I No and at the deep end. But that's
0: that's that was Roy's advice and uh yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was the best advice you could give. fantastic. Yeah. And
1: do you think there's parallels between the way everything is behind the scenes for theatre to TV? Is it the same sort of dynamic behind the scenes or is it a different can I set a challenges for you?
0: Oh, it's a well, it's it's a completely different, uh, it's a completely different gig, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, it's you know, the the theatre, you know, that there's a sort of uh, uh, what's the best way to describe? It's slightly not heightened, but there's a there's a way of working within, yeah. you know, the, the stage, whereas with uh, with TV, the cameras right there, mm-hmm. it's going to be so depending on what you're doing. You know. Yeah. Obviously with a sketch show, you can, mm-hmm. you know, play about with a bit more, but you've got to, you've really got to keep it mm-hmm. and, and and make it real. Yeah. You know, so it's, a, it's a completely set, different set of disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know. Do you have a preference? No, that I, the one, one of the things that I enjoy uh, about, I still enjoy about um, my work is that I try and keep it Varied, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and you know I'm I'm planning to go back and uh, to do theater later this year, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm also doing uh, television work before that. But I'll I'll enjoy them both, yeah. Taste them both, yeah. I like the variety of it all, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's the so, thing I was curious
1: about as well because I know you've you've done some shows for you, like one man shows, and when you're talking about every man for themselves there must be a pressure that comes when you're the only person that the film yeah. place is watching and you've got to remember everything. But do you enjoy that, that I, side I of could, things? Yeah,
0: I do enjoy it. Uh, the, the I did a, a a one man show last year, mm-hmm. which we're hoping to bring back actually. It was uh, called Man's Best Friend by Douglas Maxwell. And it was at Oren Orin Moore. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, th- that. You've got a very short rehearsal yeah time for that mm-hmm. and and i was a little bit um uh, at the beginning first couple of days a little bit underprepared. yeah uh but then once you get on it yeah uh, and then you know, you're away and it was one of the most rewarding mm-hmm. experiences because it's he's such a talented writer douglas and uh to, be able to do his stuff is, is yeah. great. so so but it does come out i mean there is a real pressure don't mm-hmm. get, don't get me wrong and yeah. and you you've really got to be on it. Yeah. But it is really rewarding when you, mm-hmm. you know, you can, if you can hold the audience. Yeah. And, uh, no, I, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love
1: it. Yeah. I would imagine some people could crumble in that environment. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, I suppose so. But do you know what? You know, it's, you've got it at the same time, you know, you're not saving lives. No. You know, you're, yeah. no, you're not the cool face, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to have, yeah, you can't get too absorbed. In, yeah, you know. So like you
1: just go out and do your thing, and
0: you do your thing, and uh, you know if there's a wee hiccup, half the folk will not even yeah. noticed. You know?
1: Yeah, no, no, that is very true, very true. Um, TV side of things, obviously, I need I need to ask you about only an excuse. It's a yeah, yeah. It is a, a staple diet in Scotland for the last twenty twenty five years. No,
0: we, we first did it in eighty six.
1: Jeez. Did you see it having the impact that it did when you started it?
0: None of us did. No, none of us did. I mean, the only thing looking back, it was it was the first time that there had been anything, uh, any kind of program linking football and comedy. Yeah, Yeah. this is before off the off the ball and all that. You know, it was um, so that you know we knew we'd you know if we could make it work, it would. Mm-hmm. You know, it should do a trick, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we didn't see it going for as long as it did, yeah. And, uh, absolutely not. And, and and to enjoy the success that it did, we never saw that.
1: How did who come up with the idea in the first place? Was it just like a Philip
0: Differ, right? It's Philip Differ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip, we, we the the two of us were huge fans of a, a program called Only a Game, mm-hmm. which was a, a documentary uh, made by Mike Alexander and it was written and narrated by. Or well, you Michael vanni mm-hmm. who's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah. So I used to take him off when we were doing naked radio right. rehearsals and stuff like that. And then if I look at the idea, I why don't we do a parody of it? So he went, this short, this is, I love telling this story because, uh, and I'll explain why later. But he went to a guy called Stan Taylor, who was then head of Radio Scotland. Right. And he said, Stan, listen, I've got an idea to do a parody of only a game. I'm mm-hmm. going to call it Only an Excuse and Johnny's going to be in it, and i going to ask Tony, and I'll write it along with Patson and, and Bob Black, and uh, I think it may work. I think, any chance of getting some money to make a pilot? Mm-hmm. And Stan took a drag <laughs> of his embassy tipped, and went, i tell you what, forget the pilot. We made the programme. <laughs> that was it. Jeez. That was it. Now, the reason I tell that story is because if that was in the last 10 years, yeah, chances are the programme would never have been made. Yeah, you'd had to probably pilot it, and then who knows? What they would have said was, was said, uh, all right, okay, can we see a script? Aye. So they were a script, and they are going, going back and forth with changes and changes mm-hmm. and changes and changes, and eventually you'd have lost the will to live, <laughs> and it would have probably ended up on a shelf. <laughs> but they, back then, mm-hmm. back then, that's what these guys were paid for, make these decisions. Aye. Aye. And he said, no, that sounds like a good idea. Go and make the program. So there you go. So it's Philip's idea, and I was more than delighted to be part of it. And you know, Tony only did it for a few years, but we had such—I mean, it was such a laugh. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, although Tony stopped doing it, and there was no fallout or anything like that, we still kept in touch and good pals. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just didn't want to do it anymore, and um, and I didn't. I think in a way, it was easier for Philip. I think Philip found it easier to write for me right and uh and it just kind of grew from strength to strength mm-hmm. after that and uh and we've had some love you know cracking people join us over the years mm-hmm. and uh no it was it was a great program to do but mm-hmm. it's it's done now so yeah that's it
1: How was the interaction with the people that you were doing the impressions of because obviously some of them became massive like you had frank mckevenny barry ferguson you had all these different ones but. Did any of them ever speak to you about it? Did you ever see any of them? What was the chat like? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. The, we, because we used to uh, we'd be invited to go along to speak at the different football dinners mm-hmm. at the end of the season and stuff like that, or, or sponsors' views and stuff. So you know, I've I've done done it in front of them. they The more like <laughs> uh, like Sunus and Aye Dalglish and Law mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and, and I think I've done it in front in uh, front of Frank as well. Mm-hmm. Um but they, they they were all great. Aye. I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there's a few of them whose noses were out of joint. But the thing, you know, a good joke will always hurt somebody oh, in aye. some way. Aye. But what we used to always do is we used to gauge it by this, that we'd say the joke, and mm-hmm. if that person was to walk in that door there, mm-hmm. right after we told it, how would we feel? Aye. So if we felt if we Aye. were embarrassed by it, we thought that's too much. That's Aye. it's embarrassing us. It Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but no, they take it. They they, they take it great. They 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 were in fact when we we decided to bring the program to a close, mm-hmm. I came up with the suggestion that why don't we ask Walton, mm-hmm. Kenny, and, and and Graham if they want to be part of it Aye. and check as well mm-hmm. and uh, and. And check, I think it was check for, for he contacted them, mm-hmm. and right away the three of them said, "Love to." Brilliant, you know. So and uh, no, and and I've done it in Fergie as well. He <laughs> he, he says, "I can't do it." And he goes, "I oh, can't do me, <laughs> can't do me. Ryan Giggs can do me." So that, <laughs> that's it. But.
1: Did you have a? Obviously, you've done loads of them within that time, but was there a character that you enjoyed?
0: Uh, yeah they, 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 i mean i enjoyed doing them them all yeah and then also if it was a really good joke you know yeah you, you can't wait to do it mm-hmm. but i suppose looking back you know having a bit of time now to sort of assess it all i think uh dennis was yeah. one of the favorites because philip used to write such a rambling nonsense <laughs> which was i mean a complete hoot to do <laughs> And uh and the, the other thing was Dennis because the programs when the program started out, it wasn't a program about mimicry yeah. the only voice I think the only voices that were on it in the first the first program of it was m- me as Marcoovanni and me as doing Dennis law mm-hmm. and uh because he you know that voice that you know Aberdeen via Manchester no. via Huddersfield via Torino <laughs> it was just such a laugh and and I've obviously met him and got him i mean he was he very i was very kindly invited to aberdeen when he became a freeman of the city right so he couldn't his nose couldn't have been out of joint too much so.
1: <laughs> oh mine's was barry
0: Ferguson. was it oh i see that i think, I think barry may have been a wee bit annoyed at times. <laughs> but, uh, however, hopefully not too much
1: <laughs> oh i love that um more of a general question but I'm always intrigued when I've got people on and they're, they're talking about their career. Was there, or you might still have, was there anybody that you've had that's been a kind of mentor to you over over your career or somebody that you can always go to if you need advice on something or you were, you were
0: unsure? Yeah, it used to be Roy Hanlon. Right. It used to be a guy called Roy Hanlon uh, who passed away probably, I don't know, I think Roy must be dead about 15, 16 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh so, so he was, uh, he was somebody I would seek. advice. Yeah. To. I mean, I still, if I've got i a, 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 I'm puzzled about something or I want a second opinion, uh, I'll happily ask Philip's yeah. advice. Because mm-hmm. I mean, apart from working with him one of these years, you know, we're good pals. But I would, uh, if it was a work related thing, I'd quite happily mm-hmm. uh, check out him as well. So.
1: Yeah. And do you still go with? And much like the college thing, there was kind of different answers on this. When you get a, a script in or you've got the opportunity to go for something, do you really think about it before you say yes or no? Or do you go on gut instinct? Or how? what's your process for kind of potentially taking apart?
0: Bit of both, actually. Right. Yeah, a bit of both. Uh, the I'd probably I'd probably say I lean to gut instinct. Right. More than more than anything, mm-hmm. you know? Uh but you know, I'll I'll, I'll if someone comes in, mm-hmm. I'll you know, I'll, I'll go over it and yeah. you know, do all the prep and see what it's like and everything. Mm-hmm. But um maybe gut instinct just edges <laughs> it.
1: Anything that you've knocked back that you then look back on and go, oh, I wish I'd have took that.
0: Uh, is there anything? I probably dismissed it in my head. <laughs> if it, if there has been. I'm sure there's probably been a couple of things. Mm-hmm uh there's been a couple of things i haven't been able to do uh it, just the way dates have gone yeah but uh looking back i wasn't all that mm-hmm. fussed yeah so. either way Yeah. Uh, either way so um can't think of anything find. i will come no. to me when i'm <laughs> driving back up the, road.
1: up the road i always ask people as well also we speak about all these kind of high points for you that, that you've had but was there any real kind of tough parts during your, your kind of acting career that you've, maybe things haven't been going so well, or you've not had the jobs you're looking for, and, and how do you cope with that side of things?
0: The, the Yeah, I suppose, I think, you know, everybody hits uh, periods where, you know, mm. you, it's, it's not rough, but, uh, I mean, I've always been lucky. I've always known that there's gonna be something to, to go to. Aye. But there was, uh, there was a time, there was a, a, a few years uh, when I, I'd been asked, I was doing, the work I was doing didn't enable me to do any theatre work. Right. And uh, I got offered, you know, offers came in to do theatre and I couldn't do it because of the way that these other jobs were mm-hmm. scheduled. And uh, and it's, it's the same old story. If you knock things back, people just stop. Yeah. You do it two, three times, people just don't come back. So, I, I found myself, I thought, this isn't good. This, mm-hmm. I, I need to do something. It was beginning to really, yeah. really bug me. And, uh, I made a concentrated effort mm-hmm. to get back in and, uh, um, yeah, it was actually, I, I did a really good job at the Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Arnold gave me a, uh, a, a part and he was doing a production of Three Sisters. Right. And that started it again. so mm-hmm. So I, I owe, owe Andy a, a lot for that.
1: And is it? I suppose then it's. It must be hard being in that position of, you feel that like you're sitting on the outside looking in, and it's the pressure of trying to get back in, but you don't want to jump at the first thing, that that comes. Either it's picking. I suppose it's picking the right thing to, to come back into for you. Yeah, I
0: think if you're if you're, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. As well, you yeah. Know, there's that. There's that side of things, but. Uh, no i was i was very forced. this was a this was a good uh, a good part and a good production mm-hmm. with very very good actors yeah uh you, you, you know it was it was a no brainer mm-hmm. um but you know if you try if you try if you if, if you find if I you know an actor finds that they're maybe they they should they feel they should be getting you know a chance at such and such a part. yeah you know you know and they're not doing anything mm mm-hmm what there is and then make the best aye. of it you know i would say aye
1: you no know. and i suppose that's a hard thing for people because you'll maybe get people that have got the preconception that well oh, i'm not doing that or i don't i don't want to do that job but as you say if you knock back three or four then
0: yeah i would be honest with you i i uh, i think if you were to look back over my career and I've, I've been doing this for over 40 years now mm-hmm. i haven't knocked back all that much aye you know aye but just be that approach though of uh, I can't yeah, knock it back. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, it's uh, people are, who do are obviously in quite a privileged position. Right. and uh you no, know, but if you're a, if you're a, a job in actor and what an actor, you know, you should, mm-hmm. if someone comes up, you know, you do it. Yeah, you know, that's, I make
1: suppose, the best of it. It works. I suppose it works both ways because you can get a job that's maybe not ideal, but then. It could lead to something. Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. You don't know what it's gonna to lead to. Aye. You don't know who's gonna be in the watching it, Aye. You know? And uh no, that's that's absolutely bang on.
1: No, that that makes sense. It goes back to that that boy leaving that play, you go down, there you you go. get referred to an agency, away mm, you go. you away. I also seen that you had popped up in Doctor Who. Yeah. Which must have been a because that's a huge, huge programme. How did that come about? How did you get the a call for that
0: uh, it's a guy called Andy Pryor who casts it mm-hmm. uh, he's one of the top uh, casting agents down in London and uh, I think he'd been trying to get me on it for for a wee while right. and uh, this part came up It was a, I think it was a Friday Friday afternoon I phoned up my agent and said look this part Commander of the St. Lawrence has come up with Johnny tape for so my agent sent it on. I said, yes, son, absolutely. <laughs> but I didn't know any about Doctor Who. Right. So uh, I had to tape it that weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I taped it. They got it on the Monday. And the, the deal was done by the Tuesday. It was very, very quick. But I didn't know anything about it. Was, but <laughs> my son, he's quite a big Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, well, it's, what, it must have been 1920 when I did it. Right. 20. And uh, so not really bothered about what Dad's doing. Aye. So I said, "Look, you you help me with this tape, reading these lines." Mm-hmm. He said, "What's it for?" I said, "Doctor Who." hi And uh, <laughs> he said, "What, what, what, what part are you playing?" <laughs> I said, "I don't know. Is it Commander of the He But <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Some fascinated and inter- interested in the career. <laughs> so uh, what? I, yeah. So I, it was done pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, it was done over lockdown. Right. I did it. I worked on it uh initially it was a couple of eps but they said you know the chance you're, you you could be coming back obviously if it, i made an ass it, i wasn't coming <laughs> back <laughs> uh, so uh, i worked on on and off over the co- over the course of just mm-hmm. over a year right i did four out of the six mm-hmm. in, in Jodie whittaker's final outing uh-huh. and uh i absolutely loved it i was it, was it was one of the best jobs uh it was fantastic. They, they were all good. She was she was brilliant. Yeah. She was absolutely fantastic. You know, she made you feel so welcome and mm-hmm. such an important part of it. You know, cause you when you go into these things, these big, big numbers, uh, you've got to hit the ground running. Yeah. And to do that, yeah. you've got to feel comfortable, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and she was brilliant at that. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And it was of course it was done over lockdown. I and mean, I was going down. You couldn't take public transport. So I had to mm-hmm. drive down for Glasgow to Cardiff. And uh, I had a special letter, you know, in case I get stopped by the police. uh Let this man go on. <laughs> He's the commander of some terms. <laughs> I'm driving doing the M6, the M74, and M5. There's nothing in the road. That's, that's like part of the programme, isn't it? <laughs> Aye, it was like, you know, like Armageddon. <laughs> so, no, I, 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 I absolutely loved it and uh yeah it was great
1: must have opened you up to a new level of fanatic
0: because there's there's a big cult following me well i I do the i do the conventions yeah and uh i mean it, uh this are... t- actually no it was february last year so it's just over a year ago i was invited to a massive one called Galafrey, which is in la right so i was in la for about a week oh, man. and uh and i'd worked with sylvester mccoy mm-hmm. one of the doctors he was out as well he was in the Three Sisters that I did at the Tron. Right. The Andy Arnold game. So I so I no, no Sylvester. So the two of us are together, mm-hmm. sign autographs. And this guy approaches me. Uh big American guy. Right? And he's uh, he's dressed as Jody Whittaker, right? <laughs> he's got a beard and her, but he's got the he's got the blonde wig and the, the rainbow jumper, the <laughs> long coat and all that. And I'm going, aye, all right. And uh and uh he said, ah, and uh, you know, thank me for uh you know, restoring this entire empire back to the rightful place in the universe he's like that ah, no problem and, uh, <laughs> and he said I wonder if you would sign this for me and I said sure aye he went he's cool. and he brought out a box set of two doors down <laughs> I said you are fucking kidding me he said, <laughs> so he, he watched it in box, so I had to sign it so it's like is that not the program that you're on <laughs> said,
1: yes, it is. <laughs> no, I was wondering what you were going to say there. It was going to pull out his jacket.
0: <laughs> no, it was a bog. Said, uh, "Trust me." I
1: suppose as well. Though for you must see when you go into things like that, like the standards must be through the roof for for programs like that because it's a constant.
0: No, the 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 you know uh, the the standards are, are from you know, it's no different. And all these kind of things are pretty sort of even i mean even you know two doors down is Mm -hmm. similar you know that's the the production and production values and that and um allen partridge Mm -hmm. doing doing that it's all sort of similar so it's not really it's not i mean it's very it's very high standards and it's you know it's a huge amount at stake but Mm uh I, i never felt uh phased or anything yeah uh, even although you know you turn around there's a dialect there and <laughs> going, I don't fucking believe this
1: <laughs> at least you get brownie points for your son know at that point you're doing something cool
0: exactly and plus I've got more in figurine oh brilliant. as well so uh, that was a uh, that was a in fact I've got two because uh, one of the when I one of the, the big episode I was in um, the the war of the, the war of the St. appeared mm-hmm. appearing this horse right so the fans asked for another one with oh, uh, the... horse. And, the, I, and then the company that makes them, they went bust over COVID. <laughs> so there's about three million of me stuck in a horse, I think, it's in a container in the Suez Canal somewhere.
1: That, be, that means they become rare. they become collector's Exactly. Items. I've got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you might have the only one if I don't know where the rest are. Exactly. Brilliant. So two doors down, one of my favourite programmes on the telly. Good. How did it... Um, what attracted you to it? What attracted you to take the part?
0: Uh, well, what happened was uh, it started out as a one-off. Mm-hmm. People call it a pilot. Wasn't it a pilot? Right. It's a one-off. Uh, and I, 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 I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I always suspect that BBC One were let down by a big name, right, in the approach to A mm-hmm. all these years ago. Because all of a sudden this slot came up between nine and ten o'clock and need right. had to fill it. Right. So my agent got a call, we'd it down to London the next day to meet Simon Carlyle, who's mm-hmm. one of the writers. Simon and Greg sharp writer. Meet Simon, meet the director, meet mm-hmm. the producer right. at that time in London. Went down, met them, read a couple of scenes, mm-hmm. got on great with them, and the contract was done the next day. Right. And uh we came back up the roads and uh, the date I always remember there's a bit of a hassle because um they had to move the dates of all an excuse. Right, okay. Because they had already been set, mm-hmm. but they were told, no, you'll need to move the dates because he's got to do this. So, right. um and that well that was the the BBC mm-hmm. said to them, you gotta So uh we did it in ten days working from eight in the morning till eight at night mm-hmm. in a wee council house in Paisley. Can you swing a cat? or <laughs> huge crew? And it was a good laugh to do. It was good script. We mm-hmm. really enjoyed doing it. Good cast. And, uh, and that was it. Yeah. It went out and because of social media, mm-hmm. it just went nuts. Aye. And in the back of that it came back and they said to Gregor and Simon, you Think you could do a series of this, mm-hmm. so that's that's how it all came about, right? I mean, I was attracted to it because it was a good job, aye, you know, aye. and I knew you know, a, a rough idea of what the character was like. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you could have a bit of a bit of fun with this, and uh, and people will relate, everybody knows a guy, like oh, that, 100%. You know? So, uh, so that's how that's how it came about,
1: and it probably much the same as. As only an excuse, it's... You're into, what, season six now?
0: Six. We start... uh, I think we start filming seven in May next year. So... Or maybe June next year.
1: This year. Right. This year. From that starting episode,
0: did you see it going seven seasons? No, I thought it it would go well, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been a slow burn, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, But uh, it's, you know, it's certainly... I think lockdown... uh, made a difference mm-hmm. people watching it and iplayer it's it's always somebody was telling me it's in the, the top three programs mm-hmm. watched watching iplayer every week Aye. uh it records great numbers and certainly over lockdown as well we attracted a new age group the 18 to 25s mm-hmm. which we didn't have before yeah and uh so it, and, i mean i couldn't believe it when i was for instance when i was down few years ago doing doctor who in cardiff mm-hmm. you know you were all masked up nothing like that standing at reception you barely <laughs> see my eyes and people are coming and saying, excuse me when's uh when's <laughs> coming back. and you're gonna have so even there uh and you know you that i mean i've done a lot of s- stuff that's on the network but that more than anything yeah. has caught the imagination mm-hmm. you
1: know but so. it's it's good as well though because it's it covers so many social aspects as much as it's a comedy, and, and it is a comedy, but when you watch it, it's all the wee things that go on in behind the scenes. like Even the Christmas one there in um, the coffee shop and she's having to spend Christmas herself. You Don't think of it stuff like that sometimes when you're... Yeah. you're, and you're you Very could be, poignant. It is. Yeah, it really yeah. was.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was a lovely performance by Lane oh. as well. So it was... You know, it, was uh, it was slightly different uh, as well because, you know... It's uh, hit a new audience because it went to BBC One. Aye. for for that. That's mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's what they're they're hoping to do. They? They're hoping to shift it. So I think when you know, if they if they didn't know the program, and they yeah. were to see it, what it's like it's yeah. quite different from that mm-hmm. episode. But no, I thought uh, um, it it was it was slightly different, but it worked well.
1: Yeah, and it's been like a kind of natural the Way the, the seasons have fell and the, the introduction of people, like you had Grado and Joy coming in, yeah, great. and it just kind of works. And it, I suppose that would probably help the younger dynamic as well because it, yeah, it's that kind of
0: everybody... certainly, certainly Grado because he's so well known, yeah. you know. And uh... aye,
1: and everybody's been that young couple, yeah. You move somewhere yeah. and you don't know anybody, and the two, and...
0: the, the, the two of them are they're, they're such good pals, but they're great aye. as a couple. And mm-hmm. Joy's Joy's a she's a fantastic actress right. you know uh they're they're, they're absolutely brilliant together mm-hmm. but great great i mean the the laughs that we have, no. we, we, do have a, we do it's hard work mm-hmm. you know, you've really got to um toe the lane all that but we do have a laugh and uh great i call him graham that's his problem no. but graham's great i mean you can you know big setup you know 10 page scene and you know it's either me or elaine has got the bulk of the dialogue mm-hmm. you know so, you've, you don't want to mess it up. You're concentrating, Aye. your thing thinking what's going on. So you're getting all the last minute checks up. The camera's a bit turn over. And he'll nudge me in the arm and he'll go, Degree him soonest. Shut <up.
1: laughs> I suppose that is testament to your acting as well because I get so many people messing going, Ask him if he's really like Colin. Because he just seems to play that well, part,
0: thankfully. So naturally. He, he laid and I did a. Thing recently and they're Elaine, like because elaine's no missing well i've known i've known her since she was about 17 18. Yeah, he... i'm two years older than her mm-hmm. and uh she, she was a year above me at drama college but I, i'm a couple of years older now. and uh and she said, she said you should know johnny is nothing like colin <laughs> he is nothing like him so uh i know i enjoy doing it and i enjoy it with, my, my favorite one was the one that uh, did it years ago when he was uh, when Cathy was away and he was he was just in the pub for a week he was, uh, steaming. Oh, that's
1: my favourite episode. for best birthday. Best birthday. Oh
0: man, fish tea or something. I love doing that. Loved doing that. <laughs> loved doing that. Yeah.
1: Comes back in for the cake, waiting for your taxi outside. That's right. Oh, tremendous. Yeah, absolutely tremendous. Good loss. Um Summing up then, obviously for for anybody. A lot of people watch this at kind of school age school leaving age going to college or making their kind of choices but from a from an acting point of view is there any advice you would give to people based on your own kind of experiences through that that pathway
0: i i think you know if that's if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. you know you've got to go for it big time yeah. you know i i think it's you know looking back i think it's a lot more difficult now mm-hmm. for for uh, young people coming into this yeah. industry. But the plus point is, I think there's a lot more work available, yeah. you know, uh, certainly in the, in the film and in, in TV industry, I'd be, I mean, I'm not, I don't know the actual figures, but I, I would think there is a lot more, um, work available, uh, in, in that area. But if you, if you want to do it, then mm-hmm. you've got to go for it. Yeah. You know, you've got to, um, I mean, I always say it's, it's almost like run your own me business. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, and if you if you want to if you want if you feel that you're not getting a chance at apart from that, mm-hmm. then why am I not getting a chance in that? Yeah. What can I do to fix that? Mm-hmm. You know, you are you are in control of of your destiny. Yeah. At this point, you know you can you can make the changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you've just got to go for it. Yeah. And the, th- the thing I would also say is, you know, when you do do it, you know. You know, get as much work as you can. Don't yeah. pick and choose. Just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And you know, uh, you'll you'll benefit from the variety of things that you do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, do theatre, do uh, a small scale tour, do a one one woman one man yeah. show, whatever. You know, try sketch shows. Try you know, do radio. Mm-hmm. Do all these things. Do as much as you can, mm-hmm. and just suck it all in like a sponge. Yeah. That's. Pretty much it. Sound advice. Well, I hope.
1: (laughs) What's the, what's the plans for this year? What have you got going on?
0: Well, what I can tell you about is, uh, (laughs) I am, we're hoping to be doing a, a seven series of, of two doors down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's official yet, but I mean, (laughs) I'm writing the scripts. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, So doing that. And then after that, I'm hoping to do, uh, uh, some theater work. Right. Okay. So, uh, but there was three bits and bobs in between. There's a couple of mm-hmm. other things that are still in, uh, in the and then, uh, so.
1: Hopefully back at Orinmore this year, potentially.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'll, if I'll go back. I mean, I get on uh, Jemima Levick, who runs it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jemima directed me in a play. Well, she did. She directed Man's Best Friend that we did mm-hmm. uh, last year. But she also directed me in a play called Fibers, right. which was about uh, asbestos poisoning and the impact. And families particularly in in the west coast of scotland mm-hmm. and uh it, that was that was a fantastic job it was written by francis poet so i mean i will work with her again whether it'll be at or more yeah or not i, yeah. I don't know but that's uh, i would uh i would always say yes to yeah. anything that she approached me. With. Brilliant. thank you so much mate it's it's massively pleasure. appreciated it's, it's really been brilliant, it. been brilliant.
1: thank you cheers yeah.